You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. Third time's a charm, guys. Well, we gave you an exclusive interview with Rob on being single and loving it. I think you still love it, right? Yeah, it's good. All right. Cool, cool. We took you for a quick spin around my fast-paced relationship, and now it's Lauren's turn, of course. For those of you who have been listening from day one, Lauren gave us the the behind-the-scenes from her first date with James, her now husband, because it was happening in real time on one of our very first It's Complicated episodes. Now, seven years later, we've got a marriage, a stepdaughter, and two babies. So Lauren has a ton to talk about. Now, we all know the majority of the world thinks that being single sucks, and the ultimate goal is to couple up and get married, right? Well, since we've already touched on why I'm being single or solo, as we called it last episode, which I love, has very many fun and exciting aspects, we need to give the same open perspective to all sides of married life as well. We're excited to close the It's Complicated Circle of Interviews with Lauren, who might not have a complicated relationship status, but her married life, like most married couples, isn't without complications. I think that rings true for any status in general. We're going to get serious and ask Lauren her thoughts on dealing with general marital issues, what she thinks about people leaving a marriage as soon as it gets tough, and why they should focus on working through their issues instead and her tips on how to keep things feeling fresh. She's married with 2.5 kids and living the dream, so let's hear how she keeps this dream from looking like a nightmare. Welcome to the show that you host, Lauren. Hi. Hi. It feels really weird to be in this seat, even though it's the same seat I always sit in. It's just mentally, it's different. Well, the tables have turned toward you. It's so you're not just weighing in, you know, like a passerby. Now you have to weigh in as the guest. So yeah, everything you say holds weight, you know, because it's not like there's these aren't hypotheticals anymore. Nervous. <laughs> well, just good. kidding. Well, Jen, Jen did. Jen did just call me uh, after the last one. She's like, after I edited it, she's like, did I make everything sound okay? And I'm like, yes, everything was fine. <laughs> it was good. It flowed well. You, you, you didn't make any holes in your relationship. I said no, by this. No, yeah. it was very good. Oh, God, hopefully I can do the same. Well, All right. You will. So let's dive into this. Well, okay. we ask everyone when they come on the show, are you taken single or is it complicated? And we know that you're taken, so let's just dive in and say, what's the biggest complication that you think married couples run into? Bam, right off the bat. Okay. We've talked about this on the show. I think communication is like a general one, but I'm going to go a little bit bit more specific, but still general. I think keeping score 
is the main problem that couples have. And I will fully admit that I do it. But mm. I that it it making it feel like you're not on the same team as your partner. I don't think that people realize when you keep score that that's what it does, that it divides. But like, for an example, keeping score looks like I unloaded the dishwasher. So why isn't he doing laundry? Like I clean up, you know, the mess that the kids make. So now it's his turn. Like where you're not just doing something because you want to do it to be part of like the working like cog of the clock, for example, but you're just like memorizing everything you do and then making sure the other person is keeping up. And so, well, that sounds like it's got to be one way, right? Because if the other person's like, if James has the same sort of competitive keeping score mentality and uh, he feels like he's doing the same thing. Then wouldn't it balance out? Because when he'd be like, I just did this. Why isn't she doing this? When you're like, I just did this. So it's got to be one person's not hold, holding their own for that to happen, sure. right? And I think it's a perspective too. Like you can play devil's advocate here and say like, hey, like I noticed that my partner's always doing the laundry. So I'm going to chip in and like help fold today because I have time. Or I'm going to unload the dishwasher because I noticed that she, you know, picked up the toys a lot or whatever. If that's your perspective, it's coming into the thought of being all on the same team. I'm helping out. Not like, why isn't that other person doing this thing? Because I always do this thing or I've done this thing. So they should do that thing. It's kind of like tit for tat in an argument. It doesn't really help. And it only just divides. Well, we did this with uh, Jen last week and it really helped put things in perspective for you and I, as far as her relationship went. So let's do it with you too. So tell us about your husband, James, when you, we know that you guys went, you met on, like it was part of the podcast when you met, cause you kind of like, as Jen said, IRL'd it. So why don't you just give us a quick history of how you guys got to where you are now and then what kind of person he is compared to what kind of person you are so that we know what we're dealing with. Okay. So we met, I think it was seven years ago. It's so hard to keep track. But my friend, Noel, said to me, I am going to invite you out a lot in the next like couple of months because I've got like a lot of single friends that I think you might want to meet. And I'm never going to tell you who I'm going to connect you with particularly, but just come out with an open mind. And if there's someone in the group that you gravitate towards, let me know. And he did that. It was awesome. And this happened a couple of times. And I ended up one of the times it was James was one of the people that he had brought out. And the first time I ever met James, it wasn't like an instant connection, but eventually it was. So that was like seven years ago. We met through basically a mutual friend. Um, James was fresh out of a relationship. So our relationship, different to Jen's, moved pretty slow. I had been single for a long time, just like Jen. But James was literally just out of like a five year tumultuous relationship. So he and he had a daughter has a daughter had a like six year old daughter at the time. So he was clearly going into it like at a slower pace. So we ended up like dating. I met his daughter like probably seven months in. Um, We he he did not say I love you to me until probably like close to a year of us dating. Even though um, I think he said he felt it 
a little before that, but he just like waited for a special moment to say you it. You guys became boyfriend and girlfriend before before seven months in, yeah. before you met the daughter. Before, yeah. So it wasn't until we were like, probably right before I met his daughter that did we say like we're officially dating. So it took like, you know, probably five or six months to like get to the like, okay, we're exclusive. And right. then um, we moved in probably after I want to say f- around the two or three year mark, like, or in between there, got engaged around the four year mark. And then while planning a wedding, kind of took a back seat because we thought were of the older, you know, genre. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, are we going to, if we want kids, we should probably start to try. And we said, we'll take a couple months to try. And if nothing happens, we'll keep planning the wedding and we'll just see. Cause I'm like, I do not want to be pregnant at my own wedding. Hail to the no. I am not paying for other people to eat and drink when I can't even do that. It's not happening. <laughs> well, that sounds like my worst nightmare. So we ended up getting pregnant a couple of months later. And then, um, we did get married while I was pregnant, technically got married, literally went to the courthouse, got the paper, brought the paper to my cousin's husband. He signed the paper because he's an ordained minister. And then we put the paper in the mail. No words were exchanged, no nothing, because we plan on having a wedding. So in 2020, we actually legally got married like just by signing a paper. And then mm. I had our first baby, 2020, second baby, 2021. Now we're here. When did the wedding come in? When did the wedding come in there? No, well, there was no actual wedding ceremony, but we got engaged a couple months later. I got pregnant. We got married technically, legally in like December of 2019. And then like, uh, you know, three or four months later, I had the baby. So are you planning on doing a wedding ceremony? Yes, but that's hard to, then we bought a house and like you have a house and it's like, when do you get, but yes, we're planning. James is still very dead set on it. Type of people we are to finish your question, Rob. James is like much more, I would say affectionate than me. Um, His love language is like uh, physical touch and words of affirmation. Mine's Mm. acts of service. Um, so that's like a good obviously you're, yeah. you're the first things you said were like unlock undo the fucking dishwasher and help me fold the laundry like those are your level his is like snuggle me yeah. <laughs> and I was more snuggly in the beginning of the relationship but like that changes for everybody I think you know like things just become a little less and that you're not having sex yeah. like every five seconds like you were you know all that stuff kind of but um and like we're bit I'm bit feel like busy and all touched out sometimes but um he is pretty good at communication actually and i sort of like when things get rough i kind of shut down a little bit and he like is a little bit better at like talking about it even though i want to talk about it i'll talk about it but he's better at like approaching it i like am not like let we need to talk like i just kind of sit there like right so do you think though that you have acknowledged these things about each other and then work toward them together? Like what changes from beginning of relationship to now that you know that in the future, how do you resolve any of those things? Well, I think you obviously have to try to stay true to yourself because if you're the type of person, let's say in an argument, for example, like since we were just talking about that, I'm the type of person who kind of like shuts down. Like, am I going to straight stone while you know, but do I shut down a little bit? Yes. So maybe I'm the type of person who needs a little space because that's just how I am. And I'm never going to be different about that, but I can also work 
consciously to make an effort to be part of a team to say, okay, even if this feels uncomfortable for me right now, maybe I should extend the olive branch because not like keeping score, but in a good way, like he often does that. He has mentioned to me that he would like me to do that. So now I know we've communicated like, hey, I recognize this in you. I recognize that in you. How can we meet somewhere in the middle? Because we are actually really different. So, he needs you to he needs you to say, all right, we fought. You're going to put up this barrier for a little while. You need to be the one to reach back out and say, I'm ready to talk. And then I'm ready to I'm always going to be ready to talk, but you need to be the first one to reach out and say, okay, I'm ready to talk about this now. Because a lot of a lot of couples, here's the thing that I, I mean, I, I'm not at your status, obviously, and I'm not in gens, but when you start fighting with your significant other and it gets to a point where maybe that other person is not responding to you or talking to you, your brain automatically goes to, oh, fuck, they want to break up, you know, or, or oh, they don't love me anymore or, or they hate me, you know, that kind of thing. And if you're in a relationship, which maybe you can elaborate on, Lauren, is like when you're in a marriage now it's like, I mean, today's culture is pretty easy. People are breaking up pretty easy and saying and calling it quits pretty easy. So what do you think? Like, like, I don't know, maybe explain to us why it's, why it's not the end of the marriage when you get into a fight, like a big fight. Yeah. I think that you're right, Robin. This is one of the main things I think is the problem with like marriages today. I think people are, the pendulum has swung to people calling it quits much easier. And I have a theory as to why that is, like why the pendulum took a big swing into that direction. But I think that to answer your question, I think that people just need to accept that it is hard and Mm. that that's okay. Like, Outside of something that's very critical, like abuse of any sort or some massive deal breakers for you, like some people, a deal breaker is infidelity. Some people, it isn't like that's all a a boundary that you determine. But outside of really big things, like marriage is something that you need to work through. And like, it's not an excuse. I'm not sitting here as one of those people who is in a horrible relationship and is saying, but if it only, it's only worth it. If it's hard, like know your shit people. Like if you're struggling through a relationship that just fucking sucks all the time and you're not working at fixing it, or you have worked to fix it and nothing's happening, like, okay, then you, there's time to walk away. But I think being in a hard situation like needs to be normalized and it needs to be okay. It does not mean that it is time to walk away. And like that happens easier, Rob, like you said, that happens easier these days. And we can get into why I think that is. Why don't you just tell us why you think that is? Okay. Well, I think let's just go like back to our grandparents' generation when they were married, like getting divorced was major taboo. There was also other factors like women, speaking from the women's side, for example, like we had nowhere to go. Like we didn't have college educations. We didn't have jobs. Like what were we going to do? We're in a marriage. It's not working. You're kind of trapped, right? You've got kids. You need someone to pay for you. Like all of those things happen. So obviously that's different today. Thank God the playing fields are a little more equal. And I think that plays into why um, women leave relationships um, a little easier and that's okay. But I think that that feeling of like, 
feeling trapped or like you couldn't get out of something because it was taboo and nobody could get divorced. Now it's like, okay, yes, the empowerment side of it's great, but I think like it kind of backfired a little bit. Like now people are just like, maybe taking that a little too far and not recognizing that like doing the work needs to happen first and just leaving because I'm empowered. I have my own job. I can do whatever I want. I can do all these things. And you're just like not recognizing that it's okay for it to be hard and it's okay for a relationship to go through seasons. And if you leave, like you make a commitment to this person and it's not just something that you throw away. Yeah. And also it sounds like I think there's a difference too between like settling and also working on hard things. What are some of the hard things other than like, you know, keeping score and all of that, that you face in a relationship at this stage? Because you've been together now seven years, you are married. What are some of the differences between when you were just dating to now married life that are the things you work through? Um, time is once you have kids and this can depend on what your financial situation is. If you've got like help, then you've got more time because you can like spend time with your significant other. Um, Finances come into play because that can be stressful. Um, You know, jobs, making money, like this all kind of can rain down on a relationship Um, and lack of sleep because you've got kids. All of these things can start to affect your mood and like how you treat each other because you're just maybe stressed out and tired. So those are little things. I in particular am in a blended family situation. So parenting styles come into play because now we're parenting kids that are our own. And then a daughter, a stepdaughter to me, that is not my actual daughter, but that is James's actual daughter. And she also goes back and forth between her mother's house and our house. So there's like two different lives happening. Blending all of those lives together are usually pretty seamless, but that takes work and is hard and is very complicated. Is her mom, is her mom single or like dating? Do you know what I mean? Like, is, is it a completely different lifestyle? She's going back and forth to He is in a completely different lifestyle. Yes. Her mom does also have, Bella also has other siblings at her other house. So it's the same in that sense, but the lifestyle over there is different also just because um, James and his ex are different and also have very, very different parenting styles. I'm not saying one's right or wrong. I'm just saying they're different. And so blending parenting styles for our family in our house, plus adding on another family in another house, and it all is like connected and affected, you know? So that's hard. We we always like describe you as like, Jen's the dating one. I'm the single one. You're the married one. But like, I always describe you as the married one with two kids, 2.5. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, what, what was your, what was obviously children, right. And responsibility and and money, but like, take us through like what, I guess you can't because you got married while you were pregnant. So there wasn't really a lot of time, but I was going to say a lot of couples don't do that. So they get married and then they have this time together to like really kind of get to know each other as a husband and wife before they bring the kids into it. Cause that's especially two kids under four years, right? You had under three years. Yeah. That's a huge, that's gotta be a huge, huge stress. Would you say to listeners out there, like if you want it, do it, work through it, you know what you're getting into, put the battle gear on and fucking charge forward. Or would you recommend, Hey, 
take the time because the time of YouTube being by yourself is probably worth it. Okay. So obviously I think it's best to take your time and like spend time together enjoying, you know, um, just the two of you before you make any decisions to like have kids or, or even just move on to the next step. Because I feel like today, and maybe it used to be back in the day too, but it's definitely today. You make one relationship milestone no matter how fast or slow paced your relationships are, because Jen, you had a more fast paced relationship and I'm sure people do this to you too. They're like, always want to know what the next step is. Like Jen and Daniel move in together and I'm sure people are like, and when are you getting engaged? It's like, just enjoy. Yeah, you asked that. You asked that, I think, yeah, last no, episode. People, people, well, I asked that because I knew that they were talking about it already, but I'm sure I've done it too. It's like, it just kind of flies out of your mouth sometimes because you're always interested in when the next step is. And sometimes people don't take the next step by choice or maybe they don't get there or like they're just enjoying the moment. I remember when James and I got engaged, everyone was like, just enjoy the engagement, enjoy the engagement. And we kind of like, we did, but then we went right into wedding planning and it gave me major anxiety. Like I think looking back on it, there were signs from like, just the universe, if you will, that we were not supposed to plan a wedding and we were supposed to have kids. And that's the way it happened. And if we had planned a wedding, it would have been in the middle of the pandemic. Like it would have been in November of 2020. Like we would have, we would have lost money on deposits. We wouldn't have been able to have the wedding. So clearly it shouldn't have happened that way. And obviously we had Austin in April of 2020 and Hunter in December of 2021. So, or yeah. So I think, gosh, it, I always fumble when I say that because I'm like, that sounds too close together. But, but do you think, well, it, it, that's the thing though. It, it does sound, it is really close together. Yeah. But like, do you think that it's, oh, like, maybe because like you said to Jen, she's like her and Daniel are later in life. So like the, the sped up thing worked better for them. Um, I don't know where I would be as far as if I met somebody tomorrow, depending on where they are in their life. Like I, I probably would be okay waiting as long as they wanted to, because at this point I'm already old, right? It's more, it'd be more up to, it'd be more up to that person where they are in their, in their, in their um, business and career and all that other shit. But did you guys, because you guys are both later in life, how old's James? He's like two years younger than me, right? Yeah. He's 45. Yeah. So he's like a year younger than me. So year and a half. So my question, I guess that I was asking is because you're later in life, did you, you're like, we got to get this out first. Like we can have a wedding anytime in our life. Let's get this out first. And do you think that that has caused extra stress on you guys getting like to the wedding or even like on the relationship? Or would you say, doesn't matter like make sure you two have your solid time together before these two life changers or three or one life changer comes into your life. I think yes. Like to say it again, like please take your time and enjoy the moment because everyone's rushing you to get to the next moment. And I will say once you have kids, like it's just different and harder, great, but harder at times to like focus on, especially when they're babies and you have two babies at once, like it's hard to focus on the other person. So yeah, I would say ideally if you can, there are other factors at play in like 
timing of jobs, biology, other things that might play into factor. Like we need to try to have kids now. And you can't kind of like go back on those things. I didn't know if I was going to have trouble getting pregnant because I was like 38, 37, 38 when we were trying. So that's not terribly old, but it's considered a little old in the pregnancy world. So I was just nervous. I don't know how this is going to be for me. Thank God that it was not difficult for me at any age I tried, but I didn't know until I tried. And you can ladies get a bunch of tests out there and they'll tell you whatever they want to tell you, but you don't know until you try. There's a billion trillion factors that go into getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I will say, I think it's best to take time and enjoy whatever stage you're in, whether you've just moved in, whether you're just like officially committed to each other, engaged, whatever it is, I think it makes sense to enjoy that step that you're in. Take the time. Enjoy the moment because you're not getting it back. But like we say with Jen last week, the second she moved in, it was like, okay, well, what's the next step? You know, now, now that you're in the house, you unpack the first box. What's the next step? And I will say that's other people. So you just take it upon yourself. If you're ready, if you want to move quick and go to the next step, do it. Like if that's how long you need to enjoy it, then do it. But if you want to take your time, let all that noise go away and just take your time and tell people you'll know when you know, you'll get the invite. (laughs) Well, so you did do things in the manner of which you guys did them. So you had the kids, you're planning the wedding. Now, how did these different phases affect your relationship? Like, obviously it was just you guys, but you also had a, like James's first child along for the ride during the first years of your relationship. Now you've got two babies. How do you feel your relationship has changed better or worse? And what have you done to work through those things to keep it fresh? And obviously we know your stance on not giving up when it's hard. So what do you guys do to make sure that it works? Well, I think first to go to the last thing you said, not giving up when it's hard. I think, and I mentioned this earlier, like we need to normalize it being okay that it's hard. It's not the time to just say, Hey, like this is getting hard. I'm going to, I'm empowered and I've got my own voice and I'm going to get up and leave. Like all those things are true, but I just don't think that's the right time to like put your foot down in that sense. I think that when you decide to make a commitment to somebody, you make the commitment short of like we mentioned before, like morally horrible things, you don't just get up and go. So I think that actually, it's kind of cyclical, like sticking through those things and sticking through those seasons where you have a season of like, it feels a little bit harder, or you're down, or you're not getting along as much, or you're not spending as much quality time together, or maybe you're not like as romantic with each other. Sticking through those seasons is what actually bonds you more. So like the more you stay in those moments and and recognize that they're just moments and that they're normal and that they happen, and it is not like, oh, this means something horrible, or we we have to get a divorce, or this isn't working out. Like, But do you think that you give like leeway? Like, do you think that there's <laughs> the only thing I can compare this to is like a, a professor having tenure. Like they, they try and they try and they try. And then when they get tenure, it's almost like, well, I can't get fired so I can do whatever the fuck I want. Well, you know, do you that- think like if you guys make if you're like, hey, we're in it, committed, which everybody always is when they go into a relationship. But if you guys are putting the hard stamp on it, then like, like you've even said in past re- um, podcasts that like maybe infidelity is not a deal breaker for some people, you know? So like if you're tenured, 
in this relationship and you can't get fired, doesn't that give you like leeway to not try as hard? No, that's the problem. I think that people don't try as hard. They just give up. And I think that's the fucking problem. Like you, if you have that attitude and you're not willing to work on it when it's hard because it takes work, whether it's within yourself or together as a couple, like that's a constant thing. All of us on this show believe in therapy and you listening have heard us all talk about it. So like whatever kind of therapy for like, or I'm throwing up quotes you need in that moment, whether it's talking to your friends or an actual therapist or reading a book or whatever, you need to not throw the towel in. Like this is a commitment that you have made. But I'm talking more also about like on your side of it. No. Right. So, I mean, I mean like, like for you to act like an asshole and to just say, Oh, well, like, no, no, no. I don't mean, I don't, I'm, I'm changing the subject a little bit from the question just to the point of like, you have two kids and those are the important things. Now, maybe you don't try as hard about sex. Maybe you don't try as hard to like, please the other person in ways that you would usually, if it was just the two of you. So like, maybe not that you don't do this, Lauren, and I want to make it clear. I'm not saying you do, but maybe you aren't as sexually motivated towards James anymore. And you know, he's not going anywhere because you, because he has tenure, you know what I mean? Or like you, you, so you don't have to put that effort in for him because He's here. He's staying. He's not going anywhere. So why am I going to put in this extra effort to help to keep him around, which you do in the beginning of relationships or even if it's just the two of you? I think, yes, it's a great point. And I think that can happen. And that plus other things start building into a relationship that gets tarnished and then people give up and go. I think it's recognizing in those moments and talking about them because they do happen and they're going to happen. Like when you have a crazy work schedule or like, it's never an excuse, but when you have outside factors that are literally eating up your time and your sleep, like it affects everything. Like there is no sex happening when you've slept two hours. Like there just isn't, sorry, like it's not. And if it does happen, it's like, I'm in the shower, come in, turn around, do your thing. We, we, we know where you guys spend your party time. <laughs> or wherever. I'm just saying, you know, it's not like light the candles and let's have some wine. Like we don't, we ain't got time for that shit. But like, also I recognize like, this is all about him right now. Like it's not about me and this is for you. And he needs some, some to get the poison out, to to get get the poison out, the poison out and he needs something to keep him there. Like I recognize that. Yes. Like, and we both do like things might not be as sexually active in the peak of having like a newborn or whatever, but yeah, like, okay, what we're recognizing this is why talking to him. It's not that I don't think these things about you. It's not that I don't want to. It's just, you get it. I'm tired. He totally. And if he ever came to me and said, Hey, like I'm feeling just bad about it, neglected. I know that this is maybe you're, it's cause you're tired, but I'm just feeling this way. Like we would work through it. It's about communicating where you're at and just not throwing in the towel and not being like, Oh, well, like, do you guys, a lot of people, a lot of couples, when they get to this point too, and sorry, Jen, you can interrupt me anytime you want. Um, but a lot of couples get to this point too, where like, I know with my dad, I found out after he passed that my dad was extreme. The, the, way, the reason, one of the reasons why he treated me so poorly in my childhood is because he was jealous of the attention that my mom gave me, that he like, all of a sudden it was my mom and him. And then all of a sudden I came along and 
who's this fucking kid taking up all the time? And he, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, who's a stranger, but it yeah, was like, you don't pay rent here. What are you doing? It, yeah. But it was, it's, it's a real thing with a lot of couples where all of a sudden, you know, my wife is not my wife. She's a mom, you know? So, and she's this person's mom. So like, and then I all of a sudden, all of a sudden went to second place in this house. Yeah. And then if another kid comes along, you go to third place. And if another kid, you go to fourth place, you know? So it, that's a real thing. And I think that, um, it just depends on what your perspective and mental placement and thoughts are because James jokes all the time. I'm just going to move out. Like Austin will now, not only is he, I'm a mom and I am also like, you have to think about the woman's perspective too. Like now I'm maybe not just his wife. Now I'm his mom. He also says that makes him love me more. So there's also more love happening there. But now I'm also a mom, like in my mind, like maybe sometimes I don't feel as sexy or whatever, but I'm, I'm in a whole new identity now. Like, and it's crazy different than it was before. Like I am no longer an independent person. I never do not worry about my kids. It's never like a thought where I'm just like, I'm going to go off on my own and party. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't exist for me anymore. So there's all that, but yeah, I think that he joke, his perspective is to kind of joke around about it. He's just like, now Austin, our oldest son doesn't even like half the time want James in the room. He'd be like, bye dada. And like, he's like, yeah, I'm not even needed here anymore. I'm just Maybe it's not a joke. You know, I mean, obviously it's a joke, but maybe it's like a, it's like a truth joke. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's true. But I, I know truly that it does not bother him in a sense that he's like, we need to talk because he would tell me Mm -hmm. and he would like shit, do something about it. So you guys have like time scheduled because like he says, we, uh, we need to talk. Obviously that's something that you guys do. You communicate. Is there a time like at the end of the week, every Friday night, you like put the kids down, have a glass of wine and go, let's discuss the week. No, but this is one of my tips about how to keep it fresh and I need to get better at it. But a lot of people do this like a weekly check-in and there's like a couple questions you can ask each other, like at the end of every week, like general questions that can get specific with your answers, obviously, um, and that could help. And it, if it's not consistently once a week, at least know there's like some questions you can always check in, like almost like code words that you have with each other to like check in and make sure things are okay. Um, and also what what helps, and we don't do it a lot, but every single day, if you give someone a seven second hug and a seven second kiss, oh. then it's just connects you because I mean, days will go by where we like, don't, it's like I kiss him goodnight and that's it, you know, because yeah. it's just like a lot. And this is the other thing too, I need to say, like I talked about relationships in like the, in the sense of like seasons, like James and I know this is only temporary. Like it's not going to be like this forever. And, and we know that because we watch the changes happen. We come in and out of like being very busy with kids or whatever it is. We know that it's only temporary and we know that we're committed to each other and that we're always going to be there short of something big and morally catastrophic, like I keep saying. So I think that knowing that and knowing that we're committed alongside knowing that this is these things are temporary is what also helps you look past it, go through it and not throw the towel in and give up because my kids are not going to be babies forever. It's already sometimes easier and then harder in some ways. Like, so it's just, it's just part of 
of having your eye on the prize and knowing that the future, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that your that light at the end of the tunnel is your commitment to each other. Hmm. Yeah. I thought Jen had something to say. She doesn't. <laughs> no, I, um, I just silenced you with my, my brilliant <laughs> answer. <laughs> well, it is funny because I have friends that, um, you know, are now expecting their second child in October and their oldest and, and my sister and I were two and a half years apart. And, um, these kids are going to be about two and a half, almost three years apart. And that's three. And then you're going to add, add another two years to the end of that before that child's two or three. So they're really doing like a six year thing with kids before they're like, okay, I can turn my back on this, on them for like a minute. Whereas you and James are doing like a four year total or like five year total, four year total. Cause you're getting them out so quick yeah, next to each other. Right. In those shorter years, it is much harder to have like a, yeah, you're going to, you're doing like a sprint. You're doing like a little, like a sprint, hard sprint thing where these guys are kind of jogging and they're jogging with a soft J jogging. I said jogging. No, I haven't (laughs) said that, but yeah, it's, it's a little harder, but then like time I felt because of my age personally wasn't on my side. So it was more like more of a sprint. That's why. Mm -hmm. Also though, now that I'm thinking about it, it does sound like what we started with Rob, we were saying like, I moved in with Daniel and we're like, what's the next thing? You know, okay, we unpack the box. Now we do the next thing, but it's sort of what Lauren was just saying. She has the kids and then they know the next thing will be the kids will be more self-sufficient. Their relationship will change. Therefore, you know, the season of what comes next is the thing to look forward to. You do enjoy the moment, but you also know things will evolve. And I think when we keep in mind that things will evolve, things can change, things can improve. You're not stuck so therefore you can fix it. And if you know that it can change, you work toward it changing because there's the end in sight that could possibly be better than where you're at now and have that hope. So to what you're saying, Lauren, about you know not giving up and throwing in the towel, there's always tomorrow. There's always, you know, I was listening to a podcast with Jay Shetty and I forget this guy's name, but he was really freaking brilliant. Um, but he said, there's always one more. One more day, one more month, one more season, one more attempt at something. I so, mean, you hope. <laughs> you hope you there's know, one more to day. To a point. Everyone you, has right, Of course. To a point that you're still on the planet and capable of having that one more. But, you know, I, I would say, again, leaning into the positive of what the one more is, not you're giving a bad relationship one more chance. If it's a really bad relationship, then you should leave it. But if it's a relationship that has a lot of good and you've been through a lot, like to both of what you're saying, the tenure and you've built this history and it actually bonds you versus breaks you. You know, you've been in the trenches with somebody, you can probably get through a lot of other things like building your relationship into what you want it to be again, if it's gone through a rut. So again, time, work, effort, all of these things and broad perspective of the ability to make changes is probably pretty crucial to the longevity of any relationship any relationship, work relationship, friend relationships, romantic relationships, it's all takes work. And if you're going to take, you know, spend, let's talk about it just even like this. If you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money, I mean, people spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars on weddings. Like if you're going to go do that, like recognize 
Like this is an extra commitment. This is like one of the biggest commitments you're ever going to make. So you don't just say, okay, well, when it gets hard and it's gotten hard too many times and we just grew apart and whatever, like, I mean, yeah, I guess if you get to a point of, of no return and you can't go back, then you're, you're gone. You're, you're out of it. You've thrown the towel in. But like, you have to remember that these things happen. They occur. They're normal. They're okay. And you work through them. You've, just alone spent so much money on a wedding to make this commitment, like recognize that, like stay in it. Don't obviously put any moral, you know, standards aside, but stay in it, work through it. Don't throw the towel in. We all have voices and we all have, you know, everyone's equal these days. It's not about like, you know, putting your foot down or digging your heels in. Like, you're there for each other. You've made this commitment and stay in it. Don't just give up. It's okay for things to be hard sometimes. It's okay. So you guys are staying in it. You are married with children. You've given some tips as far as, you know, connecting at the end of the week and doing a check-in or your little bathroom gallivant. And (laughs) instead of throwing in the towel, you wrap yourselves in it after you do a little whatever happens in there. And then what other tips do you have for people to keep it fresh? Because it sounds like you guys are really mastering, you know, all of the things to make it work between the babies and the feedings and the naps and the things. So planning, I know it seems like it's just, oh, that takes the romance out of it, but it's not. I had a therapist one time tell me in regards of like, if you, you know, if you need to ask for something, it's just like, it's annoying, right? Like, well, I want him to unload the dishwasher. But if I have to ask him, like, that's annoying, or I always use dishwasher, but Rob's already like making a face at me. But if I want him to like buy me flowers, if I have to ask him, then it's just not the same. And I had a therapist tell me, so what? What do you mean? It's not the same. The end result is the same. Who cares? Like, Mm. it's okay to communicate what you want. And you're still getting the fucking flowers. So calm down, right? Like you want him to unload the dishwasher, just fucking ask him. Like, not everyone's in each other's brain, like get over it, right? So planning for something is along those same lines, like, just because you have to maybe say, hey, we're gonna have sex tonight at 10 o'clock. 845. Right. (laughs) Or you know that maybe there's like, it doesn't come out of your mouth that way. Maybe that's just too planny for you. Maybe, maybe it comes into your mouth that or way. Maybe it comes into your mouth that way. Or you can, you know, maybe there's a look you give somebody that's, hey, like in five minutes, it's like whatever it is. But planning does not take all of that shit away. Like, so what right. if you have to make time for something? Well, I was going to ask you about planning also when Jen was talking about the uh, moving forward stuff. And you were saying that too. Like now that you have these two constants in your life, like your kids, like we said, God forbid any kind of moral eruption in your relationship, you guys are together, but the two constants from now on are definitely your children, right? So, and you said you're like the next phase is you like, you know, this is temporary. We all know Jen, when her kid turns one, she's going to have a list of preschools and how much they cost and what zone they're in and all of the other stuff that's going to go into. And then what time, when they should get their for their primal brain usage. But like, do you now, do you and James now say, okay, we can, now that we know these two are two constants, can we plan on what's coming next? So when we hit that next stage, we don't have to have go through the stress. We don't have to go through the fights. We don't have to scrounge around, decide where the money's coming from. Like, do you have like that kind of plan also? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we talk about, 
Um, it kind of happens because Hunter and Austin are so close in age that when Austin does something, we'll say like, okay, when it's Hunter's turn, we're going to do this. Or, um, and James also has gone through this with his daughter. Um, obviously there's like a 10 year difference there, but, um, it's not the first time. Plus I was a nanny for like literally almost two decades. So there are some things with like steps in a child's life that like we're both kind of familiar with. But even if we weren't, I think that having a plan, depending on how like um, type A you are, is helpful. But um, if you have more than one kid, like it sort of paves the way. But um, a plan at any time I think is good. And it doesn't take like the sheen off of some things that you think are supposed to just happen or that are supposed to like romantically and spontaneously occur if if you're at a season in your relationship where that those things aren't just spontaneously occurring because of a lot of free radicals, like get over it and plan because that is something that keeps it fresh. Like on our show, when we've talked about like, if you are going to spontaneously have sex, like, and you're in your head about, Oh, how long is it going to take me? Uh, Like once you're in it and doing it, it's fine. It's like working out. Maybe you're hesitant about working out. Once you go and do it, you feel better after you've made time. It happened. You're good. Well, thank you, Lauren, for giving us all of the insight into your relationship status, the phase of life that you're in married with children, not one, but two and a half. And all of the helpful tips and tricks that you've given us as well in terms of not giving up when things are hard and how to keep things fresh. We really appreciate it. So again, thank you for joining us on the show. You host weekly and we're happy that we get to have you throughout all of these conversations because you do give that very unique perspective coming from where you're at and having gone through a lot of the things that we talk about on the regular. Getting to, yeah. Thank you for putting me in the hot seat and uh, letting me, you know, dive in deeper on my on my side. We talk on this show a lot about how we're all at different stages. And if we aren't in them, we've already gone through them or we've interviewed somebody about them. So it's nice to have our moments of focus just in case someone listening is in our exact moment right now. You can directly relate. So you're welcome. Amazing. Well, everyone keep tuning into It's Complicated, where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff, like about all the things we covered here in previous episodes and more. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, share the show with a friend. And if you want to join the class of Master Daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And while you're there, also get your merch. We've got t-shirts, we've got sweatshirts. And once you're done doing all that, you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds. And you can find me at Forever's Evers, E-V-E-R-S, E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. And you can find me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds as well. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.